It's Sam the Cooking Guy, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Some call him a fool, some even call him a douchebag. But I say Greg Rempe is the greatest thing to happen to barbecue since Caveman. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you doing? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet before wiener. Oh listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Welcome to the second hour. Here we go. The Live Fire Show, your Tuesday night's Live Fire fun and frivolity entertainment program. Still to come on this show this evening. In about 10 minutes from now, we'll have an abridged top of the hour open. The Embedded Correspondents making their fourth Tuesday of the month regular appearance at the second hour. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch for video feeds. Also, slash RD Rempe on YouTube for an additional video feed. Coming up on the best moments of Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 165, taking you back to February 26th of 2013, where Jason Baker from Green Mountain Grills was a guest on the show back then. And aside from persisting through some incredible technical issues on my end, Jason and I were eventually able to talk about the way Green Mountain Grills has always taken their products to market. As I had mentioned in the read just a few minutes ago, they sell through a dealer network. So they're sending people out through across the country to brick-and-mortar stores, and making partnerships with these mom-and-pop shops or you know, maybe not small mom-and-pop shops, but some live-fire cooking shops. So typically, you would find fireplaces in these joints as well, and they sell a bunch of grills where you might find a, a broil master or a UMP or a Primo's, things like this. Uh, they would also carry Green Mountain Grills potentially as their pellet line. And Jason described why they did it that way versus how a lot of other companies are doing it, which is online or uh, using some of the bigger box stores to pull through. And where many of the folks thought that that, that are in this kind of business or that would want to get into this type of business, that the win is going to be getting to a Sam's Club or getting to a Costco or going on Amazon. Jason thought that that was going to be a nightmare and he didn't want anything to do with it. And that's why he has stayed in the dealer environment through Green Mountain Grill. Good listen. You can go back and get that teaser. There's also a link to the full episode. A number of great guests within that episode as well, aside from Jason. So go back and listen to that. I mean, at least go back and listen to me work through some of the most tragic audio issues that show has ever seen in its life. 
and also there's some really good content otherwise. You won't believe this, but I don't know, was it a month ago that I talked to you about two ladies in California that were suing Subway for serving, serving tuna that wasn't tuna? What? They said it wasn't tuna. Not kidding. Well, we have a follow-up story to that. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Once again, from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, it is your breaking news reporter, Greg Rempe. In the city that breaks the most news when it's breaking, Cleveland, we have a follow-up from the ever-credible HypeBeast.com. <laughs> Despite Subway denying claims that its tuna sub does not contain tuna or have any ingredient that constitutes tuna, many still wondering if there's any legitimacy in the lawsuit the chain is now facing. Looking to get to the bottom of these allegations, Inside Edition, my favorite TV show, launched its own investigation into the claims two California-based customers took to the U.S. District Court of Northern District of California a few weeks ago. The news magazine outlets investigates unit acquired samples from tuna salads from no less than three locations in New York and sent them for advanced DNA testing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Inside Edition also spoke to employees about the tuna controversy, or should I say controversy, getting a look at the actual packaging of Subway's tuna where the ingredients read, in this particular order, <coughs> order, tuna, water, salt. Sounds like tuna to me. The three tuna samples were sent to Applied Food Technologies in Florida, a lab that specializes in conducting DNA testing of fish. Leanne Applewhite, who runs Applied Food Technologies, noted that, and I quote, we confirmed that tuna was definitely in all three samples received. Thank God. Thank God. The results defy the lawsuit launched against Subway and echo a statement from a Subway spokesperson which also, in a quote, the tuna our franchisees serve to their guests every day is 100% real tuna. It's cooked tuna, and there is simply no truth to the allegation in the complaint filed in California. Catch Inside Edition's Subway Tuna Sub DNA test investigation above. That's at uh, HypeBeast.com. Go to Google, type HypeBeast and DNA Tuna. <laughs> Or whatever, but all I know is Subway says they serve tuna, and guess what? It's tuna. And once again, out of all the things that they could fake in there, why would they go to the tuna? I don't have any idea. They fake the seafood, allegedly, reportedly. They could fake the steak. Do you get steak and cheese there? Some NBA player does, I forget who it was. Who is that malfeasance on the Golden State? Uh, Draymond Green gets the steak and cheese stuff with some kind of sauce. Whatever. I'm here to tell you. There's no reason to fake tuna. Not that expensive. So ladies, I hate to say it, but Hype Beast and Inside Edition and Crack the Case, you're out. 
hell am I playing the tic-tac-toe theme song? I thought I was getting out of a game show for a second. So there you have it. There's your follow-up. Um, now, uh, there has been no talk of lawsuits being dropped or Subway now countersuing these two ladies for trying to run the frivolous lawsuit up the flagpole, only to have it bursting down in flames and raining down upon them. But it's certainly no surprise to me. Again, I was a sandwich artist for almost a year working the really late shift. I went at, at 10 o'clock at night and worked until 4 a.m. I mean, what? they had a 4 a.m. close in Bainbridge? Nothing's going on after 10 o'clock at night. But they had me, lonely me, a freshman at Lakeland Community College, closing down the local subway in Bainbridge 4 a.m. on the weekends. 4 a.m. I could regale you with the clientele that we pulled at that subway at 2 a.m. and 3 a.m., but we'd never had anybody roll in after 3, 3.30. And I had that thing closed down. As soon as that clock hit 4 a.m., I was gonzo. But not after I had my 2 to 3 pounds of pickles in the walk-in cooler during the downtime. So delicious. So delicious. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Cosmos Q before we get to the embedded correspondence. They're loaded into the green room. Based out of Oklahoma, Cosmos Q, providing both backyard and competition cooks, world championship-level rub sauces, injection soaks, and brines. And their exclusive wing dust is available on the market today as well. Best of all, every one of their products made right here in this exact country. Cosmos Q to break new ground in the rubs, seasonings, sauce, and injection world. And the results are not only proven the competition trail each and every year, but they're also proven more and more in the backyard as well. Backyard warriors like me are looking to take that game to the next level on the barbecue scene. No better or easier way to do that than by picking world championship quality rubs, sauces, injections, and marinades. That's exactly what Cosmos Q brings to the table. Not only is the barbecue game covered, but the whole line of products to help amp up that grilling game as well. We all know Cosmos knows about the grilling game because he's a world championship steak cook amongst other things. Now, pretty sure I have amped you up enough to go ahead and give it a try if you're not a fan already, but if you need one more thing to push you over the edge, let me give you a promo code to save you 10% off the entire order each and every time you visit the website, which by the way is Cosmos with a K, Cosmos Q, the letter Q.com. You get 10% off the entire order when you use promo code BBQ Central, all one word, and capitalized at checkout. Again, you get 10% off the entire order. If you're snowed in like many of us, you can use the discount code now to stock up on everything you need when the barbecue season rolls around. If you're able to cook outside all year round, use it now and just stock up on all your favorites. Everyone can use it. It's a win-win for everybody. Promo code BBQ Central when you visit CosmosQ.com. You can save 10% off. Easy. Works each and every time. While you're on the website, be sure to check out their very popular recipe blog. Did you know that they have quite the extensive YouTube channel as well? If you're not subscribed over there, go ahead and do that. Subscribe and ring the bell for notifications when they post new content. See why Cosmos Q just wins. That's Cosmos with a K, Q, the letter Q, dot com, and use promo code BBQ Central, all one word, and capitalize for 10% off your order each and every time. Get it now before it's gone. Soon it will be gone in March. 
We're back with the Embedded Correspondence right after this. Stick around. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, this portion being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories to complete your pit barrel cooking experience. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cook you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show. By the way, if you don't subscribe to the Sam the Cooking Guy YouTube channel, go ahead and check out the video we posted on Friday. He cooked three racks of ribs on the pit barrel. So you get a unsolicited review and uh, see it in use. If you're on the hedge or you're hedging your buy, Check out Sam, see what he's done, and maybe that will change your mind. It's the fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour. You know what that means. We race to the hotline and welcome in the embedded correspondence right here. That is John Solberg on the top right to me. If you're looking at your screen, the longest running correspondent, Doug Scheiding from Texas, directly below, and the newest correspondent from the great city of Utah, Rusty Monson, the caddy corner right, right there. From Salt City Barbecue as well. So we got a bunch of topics to get to here, gentlemen. And uh, let's start here right off the top. John, uh, for the people that follow you on your social media, it uh, certainly comes as no surprise that nobody has a more pristinely clean and uh, perhaps even uh, hygienic cooking setup than you. So when you hear something along the lines of the barbecue cleaner business, uh, A, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are generally speaking of that. And do you think that this is something that might really take off and have interest, especially amongst our little niche of live fire cooking? Well, personally, I'm very interested in the barbecue cleaning business and actually have been back and forth with Jeff waiting for my 15 minute consultation. How long have you been Um, waiting? Uh, November-ish, but that's not, Jeff. that's, that, that's not Jeff's fault. Are that's, you sure? Uh, that's, uh, some life issues oh. um, have come up. Got it. But I've learned a lot today. So, uh, you know, I think the concept is a great concept. Thanks for the compliments on the grill. I do not have the cleanest grills in the land. Yes, you do. I'm going to give that. I'm going to give that credit to Mike Lang, but, but he's my inspiration. Um, yeah, I think the grill cleaning business has some legs. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about the level of entry costs after the interview. So uh, I, I'm kicking it around in my head. It was kind of eye-opening for me. I'm glad he was on. Doug, your thoughts on the barbecue cleaner business? I'd love for John to go through it uh, as the as the test case for, for all of us. But, um, yeah, I know uh, someone in uh, when I gave you all the grills – that was from a gentleman that I had met in Santa Barbara, who's the uh, Santa Barbara grill service man. And he does the same sort of thing on his own without any help, et cetera. But, uh, and he, he makes a good living at it. So I'm not sure you need all that, 
that uh, support and licensing, as he calls it, or um, or whatever. So um, I'd rather just do it on my own. Oh, I see. Uh, Rusty Matson, your thoughts on the barbecue cleaner business? I think it's great. You know, like or, like if I had a restaurant, which I will, that kind of stuff you don't want to work. You know, deal with like hoods. We can clean hoods. It's hard, but we. You know, we have someone come out once a month or whatever and clean them. And if you have two double wides, you're going to have one have someone come in there and clean it when you're not there and you don't have to worry about it. I think it has legs. If if you have a lot of like barbecue restaurants in the area, I think you can get a bunch of business for it. So I, I would use it. Heck yeah, man. I, I, you know, you guys give me a lot of shit for not covering my grills or maybe they're not clean enough on the outside, but on the inside, my clean, my grills are like spotless all the time so i and i hate it i hate 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 cleaning it so i would love to have someone coming out and cleaning my grills all the time i think it's amazing and i hope they have a utah chapter would you spend 250 to 300 dollars to have each of your grills cleaned hell yeah hell yeah i'm that late hell yeah all right I'm all up in Greece. You know, I, I want one, I want a week off or you know a day off one time. Doug, you willing to spend that much per grill? No, I I don't mind cleaning my own grill, and I th- actually think the market for it is more of the high end upper middle class you know person that uh, does time and uh, rather than a business because I think a business restaurants are such low margin anyway. I think it's really more discretionary income and. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't pay it because my grills are pretty clean as they are. Uh, John, outside of the fact that you know how to clean your grills well, would you, if you can reserve yourself outside of that mindset, would you? Does that seem like a fair fee? Yes, I think it is a fair fee based on what it really takes to clean a grill. I don't think that's an exorbitant amount of money, and you're dealing with someone who doesn't probably clean their grill much. I don't. I don't see going back and cleaning somebody's grill every four months because uh, most. I don't think those people are using that grill enough, or they'd clean it themselves. So no, I. I think that's a that's that's a reasonable rate. What do you think about the thirty five thousand dollar entry fee? Uh, man, I'm I'm disappointed. It's it's a bit of a deal breaker in my head for my plan. Um, I understand the equipment that they have. I haven't spoken to Jeff. In fairness. Uh, I know they have some patented equipment on that trailer. It's a trailer. It has some equipment. So you're, so, you're uh, paying for a trailer? I, I think it's a little steep. Well, I'm assuming you're getting the trailer. There's steam tanks that come with it, propane-driven, a few items, chemicals. You know, there's it, it looks like not having spoke to them, it's ready to go for you. Turn so key. there's some other gear in there. Turnkey. It's, yeah. it's ready to roll. It's graphics away from yours. So it's it's you know at three hundred dollars a pop thirty five thousand your brain's got to go well i can put a cto on a trailer and go sell barbecue mm-hmm. right and I, so you it's a lot of a lot of different ways you could take thirty five thousand dollars and make a pivot doug in your professional life you buy and sell business or you're a broker you help people buy and sell their businesses so from a fees standpoint you've certainly seen you know any varying ranges how does this compare given what you know in your history 
Yeah, that's. It. I was actually surprised at the number. He said, "What two forty are in uh, in operation right now?" That's pretty good. I was thinking it was more of a small fledgling one, so that gives it a little more credibility. I was expecting, you know, ten or twenty at at the most. So that uh, that actually speaks pretty highly of it. Um, you, uh, if you're interested in it, you'd want to get the due diligence. Of course, they are always going to talk about the high ones and the people that make, you know mega bucks and almost a million, whatever. Yeah. You're, you really want to know what the median is and what some of those, you know, the, the ones on the, on the, on the lower end of it. So, um, I think I was having to buy from them, et cetera. So it, it's a lot looser than certainly a franchise, even though you're paying, you know, seven, 9% on it. So, um, I'm not as fond of licensing, um, type concepts as I am franchise. Cause if you're, if you're going to go into business, uh, for yourself and you don't know things, then you really need some support by, behind you. But the no employees is really attractive. Yeah. Uh, Rusty, are you okay with 35 grand going in? It all depends. If you're in Kansas City, man, you make your money back in a heartbeat. But if you're in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you know, you might struggle a bit. So I think it just depends on where you're at. I mean, there's a lot of places here that are up and coming. We're in a lot of barbecue places. So it might be something beneficial here. You'll make your money back, I think. So, but it just depends on how much of a hustler you are. It depends on your area. It depends on you. You know, anyone can turn that kind of business into profit if they try hard enough. All right, Rusty, let's stay with you. Uh, one of the bigger items over the last couple of weeks in the live fire industry was the uh, A initial release of Mo Kaysan's article talking about some business opportunities they might be getting into and within the paragraphs of the Iowa Register or whoever wrote that article. Uh, shared some parts of a conversation where Mo took specific shots at some of the local barbecue joints in Des Moines. Uh, so I just wanted to gauge the panel's reaction to what Mo said uh, initially in that article and then what he came on and talked about during the interview uh, two weeks ago. Great interview, by the way. Thank you. Probably my favorite one of yours. Uh, and there's a lot of favorite ones, so that's a big compliment. But I would say that um, you know, I, I've hear a lot of things. I've talked to people who know Mo personally, and I, I hear he's a good guy. I have never met him. I don't know him, but as far as the barbecue world goes, I was wild, like wildly disappointed in his take and the way he went about it. Now you can have some beef with some people that's fine, but you also have to understand that you represent more than that. You are an ambassador. It's not only barbecue as the food, but barbecue as the barbecue as the community. And if you're going to rip into people like that, you're going to kind of, not, I'm not saying you're open the floodgates, but you're kind of breaking that rule. Now, if you have a problem with Darren, that's fine. And if someone comes up to you and asks you, should I go to Iowa Smokey D's, say no. And if you want to say no to them and tell them why, personally, one-on-one, -on -one, not a problem. But if you're going to blow the guy up on, in, you know, on a national, I'm sure he didn't think it was going to be national, but he had to have known People were going to catch wind of it. That to me breaks that code. You know, I'm not going to go into a restaurant that I dislike and use my platform to hurt them in any way. Now I might have a problem with them and I, I can deal with that on my own time, but I have a greater responsibility to the community than I do my personal feelings about someone. And that's kind of my footnotes take. I mean, I can go on this for two hours. You know that. <laughs> But uh, that's basically it. That's my. That's the gist of it. 
Doug, your take? Mm. Doug. I um I actually thought you did a masterful job. Yes. Oh, we must be behind. Yes. Yeah, I I, I thought you did a mass. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, my internet's still slow down here. Uh, mass navigating that particular particular interview. So that's that's why it was great to me. It was really too bad he came across that way. Um, the ice chewing really really bothered me a lot and i just that that's it yeah, thank you yeah let's c- continue it on so maybe it won't bother me so much you know like the dripping of water but uh in person he's really down to earth as anyone um he's always been uh to my wife and i we've probably seen him at six to seven eight cooking events because you know he comes down here and and cooks and um uh he, you know he does he, and granted he doesn't do as well but he likes style and he comes down and and he's happy whether he wins or whether he doesn't so um i've been at cookoffs i've been at private cooking events he's been the same person you know he's not he's not arrogant not stuck up so um i didn't like the way he came across so um <laughs> yeah it's hard for me to concentrate but um uh i was really you know he hasn't even served a slice of brisket yet and like like rusty says he's breaking kind of the code darren worth is the goat yes there is a history of 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 the black uh you know contribution to barbecue and even in texas in in east texas etc but darren worth is the competition and despite what's winning all of those championships does mean a hell of a lot to me and i think it does mean a lot to a, a lot of other people. So, um, yeah, it, to me, it was disappointing. Uh, John, your take? I have two totally different takes because I listened to it twice <laughs> and I, I came out with a different take both ways. First of all, I really don't have a dog in this fight. I don't think. Yeah, none of us do, right? Mo said, uh, Mo didn't say anything. He just answered questions. He answered your questions. He didn't slam. He said, what do you think about this guy's food? The guy told him, he said he thought it was raggedy or it was mediocre. He was answering a question honestly. He doesn't, there's no code. There's no like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. That's what he did. It's, it's not what I would do, but it's what he did. Um, he answered questions in an interview and a reporter wrote them down. I, I, I don't, I don't even know what to say. It's like, I, I don't even think it's worth having any more discussion about it. And that's how he conducted himself. He said it. He stood behind it. He didn't try to back out of it. Takeaway is, is like, there you go. We'll see what happens when his store opens. But until then, he said what was on his mind. All right. So let's go ahead and get our predictions as we love to predict here on this panel because we are a group of menses when it comes to the barbecue and grilling world live fire community Uh, there's a case going on right now between traeger and green mountain grills we won't go back into the details i think that's been covered enough here over the last couple weeks but we do want to get we do want to go on record we love pools and betting amongst us so let's go ahead and start writing down what we think is going to happen we will go to john solberg first and uh, John, what do you think the outcome will be for the GMG and Traeger case? Uh, well, I'm, I have to be careful because I'm, I'm biased toward the GMG side. So I got to put that out there right away because I'm just hoping amongst hope 
that GMG kicks the shit out of Traeger on this one. So I'm going with GMG. Right. Uh, Rusty, you have the option of weighing in. I'm writing it down. You know, I'm with John there. I'm a big Green Mountain Grill fan. I'm, I, uh, I'd like all cookers equally. I think it's a power move. I think in the art of war, it's a very beneficial move for them. It's not out of the realm of business, you know, takeovers or whatever they're trying to do and just kind of shutting things down. You got to respect that, whether you think it's evil or not, which I do, but I'm going to go with Traeger. They're the bully on the block and they're going to win. Next up. The longest-running embedded correspondent from Texas, Doug Scheidig. Your thoughts? Actually, I've got a Traeger bias. I'm a consultant to Traeger. It's my own, my personal opinion. Yada, Are you yada. allowed to answer uh, that? I don't want to put you in a spot. Well, no. Actually, the good news is I don't know any of the ongoings uh, uh, between the two on the case on, on the internal side. So I don't know anything uh, about that. You know, I do know that, you know, when the Timberline came out, I think they came out with, you know, 16 patents. And if they were granted patents, they have the patents. Go and get a patent. You have to be in the position that you're going to defend it. You don't get a patent and not defend it. So if they're, uh, to me, they have the upper hand in that. So I think it'll actually go to a settlement in the same way that the, the pit boss thing uh, did, a confidential settlement. But if it goes to court, bet on the deep pockets. Mm. All right. Um, so that's a, so you were, what were you bet? What was your bet then? It's going to be a settle? Well, I would say, no, I think it's a, it's going to be a confidential settlement in the same way Pit Boss was. All right, so Doug is a settlement prior. And, you know, uh, for me, uh, I don't think there's any surprise that Three Mountain Grills has been a longtime sponsor of the show. And, you know, I look at it from a couple different ways. Uh, do I think, as Rusty said, this is bully tactics, uh, that the patents were given incorrectly. I mean, I don't know. They, they, they filed. It went through a process. They were awarded. If you have those, then I, I would suppose that you are then able to, to levy whatever you want, as Doug said, in order to protect those. You know, where I find it convenient is that Traeger for years, while they didn't deny the fact that they had patents on uh, 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 wood pellet oil flavoring. They would never admit it in an interview uh, when Bruce Bjorkman was their marketing guy well before whoever's in charge now. I had asked him about it many times, and he would never talk about it. And I'm like, hey, if you spend the money on a patent and you think this is the best way to flavor pellets, then get on top of the roof and scream it and say, hey, man, this idea is so good. We got all the patents on it, and this is how we're going to make our pellets, and this is why this is going to be better for everybody in the whole industry, and, and go try to corner it. But they didn't. They never wanted to talk about it. So it seems contradictory, which is where I love to live, by the way, that now they want to go through with these service patents, and the technology has been out there before they got the patents, and nobody else went to get the patents. There's a whole laundry list of reasons why that would be. So I'm, I'm I mean, I'm conflicted. 
uh, Jason Baker might be the best human being in the live fire industry from a business position. Uh, perhaps I'll go on record right now and saying there is no better human being than Jason Baker is. He's a business guy. He wants to make money, but he seems to be more than ethical and more than fair at each and every turn. And when you look at how Traeger runs, it is a profit-driven business. It is a revenue-driven business. It is a market-share-driven oh shit, uh, driven business uh, solely. That business is going to get to a number to sell or to bring to market in in IPO. They were valued or, or, or somewhere in the neighborhood of $3 billion through some article that I had just read uh, a couple days ago. So uh, they're in it to sell cookers, but to me it just feels different than most of the other pellet cooker companies out there. I mean, everybody wants to make a buck and everybody wants to get market share, but Traeger feels different to me in that regard. So uh, I, I, I like my Traeger grill. I use it. I like my Green Mountain grill and I use it. But I would like to see Green Mountain Grill somehow prevail to this, just to the tune of, hey, we gave you these patents, and now we're just going to invalidate them because uh, after further review, we don't really believe that this should have been given in the first place. And everybody can go about their way and have competition the way it should be. Sell your product, uh, build value, you know, all this other stuff. Anyway, that's my take on it. Now we will go ahead and take a quick break. And we're visiting with the Embedded Correspondents, as we do the fourth Tuesday of each and every month. We're going to talk about my favorite subject coming up next. And then, after that, we're going to get regaled a story by Rusty Monson that might blow your mind. Because it blew my mind once he was telling us about it like a couple weeks ago. Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Yes. 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings. Yes. Sweet money, cattle prod, cash cow, regular money, double secret steak rub, desert gold. The list goes on. Now, maybe you're looking for a new sauce. Who doesn't love new sauces? Everybody loves new sauces. Tired of what's on the market currently? Try Granny's Barbecue Sauce. It will remind you of why you fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they're offering the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available today. Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Fine. Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, you can't go wrong with anything that's featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook and budget. If you have questions, you can call 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727 or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-Smokers.com. And we are back with more embedded correspondence right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. 
This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Go to smokinwithsmithfield.com to grab one of those last committed cooks programs. If there's still one left, I have to double check the board, Paul. But there were limited amounts left a couple weeks ago when she was talking about it. For tips and tricks and recipes from pitmasters like Chris Lilly and Darren Worth and Ernest Cervantes, go to smithfield.com. And we're back with the embedded correspondence. All right, guys. So last week I had Kevin Coleman on the show, and we were talking about the new Weber Connect line of gas grills. Three Genesis lines, uh, or three Genesis models within the Genesis line, and a Spirit model in their Spirit line. And I posed this question to Kevin, figuring the answer that he would give, and he did pretty much word for word that I anticipated. But given who we were talking to, what less could I expect? So let's go to Doug. Doug, are we raising a generation of dolts when it comes to live fire barbecue and grilling where now you have technology that will literally tell you what to do every step of the way all the way down to flipping and taking it off and letting it rest and all of this stuff yes i think we are um and, and the problem is people are generally lazy and we're getting lazier. Our children are lazier. They want DoorDash and everything delivered. There's, there's people that want uh, to take away the dishes so they don't have to do dishes. Um, time, time is more limited than technology and it's a time thing. We do t- way too many things now. Um, I remember the days of the facts when you went camping and you were truly off the grid. You didn't have a damn cell phone. Uh, you answer emails, check Facebook, Twitter while on while your grill is running off your power inverter off your car. Those were the days when you went camping. Not not right now. So I, I, I think just our society's getting lazier and lazier. My smartphone makes me more dumb every day. John? Are we raising dolts? Well, of course we're raising dolts. I don't know when I'm going to run out of gas anymore until my car tells me because I'm a dolt and my car will tell me when I'm running out of gas. And my car will tell me if I've left my turn signal on. My car will tell me all kinds of crap that I used to have to know. So why the hell is this different? Now, I don't think this is a great plan for Weber. I don't think it's a good strategy, but it's kind of the way the world is now. Um you know, I don't even have to lock my car door. I put it in gear and the car door locks. Put it in park, it unlocks. And I'm not sure why that's different. Why is it different than having a fireboard or having a Maverick back in the day? It's just what they feel they can. I don't think they're hitting the mark because I don't really think they always know what their customers do want. They try to push it on their customers. And they see an opportunity to be the YouTube. They can eliminate. They can be the single source provider of information for barbecue and grilling. So they're trying to capitalize on something bigger. Do I think it's going to work out for them? Oh, I hope so. I don't think it will. I'm already anticipating problems that they're going to have. But are we raising a bunch of adults? I'm adult. I use a, I use a controller and I got a pellet grill. I, I use a thermometer. I'm adult now. So I don't think so. Rusty, are we raising adults? Yeah, it's awesome, man. This is freaking awesome. 
Like when I was a kid, you know, the only way to camp was to freaking sleep on the ground around your campfire, you know, with a sometimes a blanket, sometimes a pillow, sometimes a rock, whatever. And now my friends make fun of me because I want to go camping in a camper and I want all the TVs and stuff. I just want to go out and enjoy nature and be fucking comfortable. All right. I don't want to. And when I go out, I don't want to cook out of my car battery. I want to go there and just sit with something on a. I want to eat good food in nature and enjoy myself because I'm not there to cook food over a fire. I'm there to enjoy my time. And if that's the case, man, we, I mean, ovens, look at ovens. We cook in ovens. We don't make fun of people for that. It's all the same thing. You know, it's basically what John's saying with the car. It's super simple. We just add smoke to it. Why do we need to worry about all that stuff, man? Just enjoy good food. And it doesn't matter how it's done. Now, me, I want to go out and learn everything in case I'm on fire masters, you know, and they want me to come in. I'm like, oh, yes, I've done it all. Every single thing. But that's just me. But I don't want, you know, I don't, I don't care if someone's like, oh, yes, I just turned the switch on and it rehydrates my pizza. Like, cool. Like, dude, eat your pizza. That's badass. <laughs> I'm conflicted, to be honest, because I can see where technology, as I said last week, I I'm certainly somebody that doesn't not embrace technology. I have technology all around me. Every square inch of this portion of my basement is technology to its cutting edge, to be honest. But when Meathead tells me, Gas grills are difficult. Gas grills are hard to use. I say, fuck off, meathead. They're not. How can they really be that difficult to use? To the point where now we have to have it items installed. This goes for pellet cookers, too. I mean, how, how much easier do pellet cookers get? Those are wood-fired, thermostatically controlled ovens, right? I mean, we all agree with that. So... I, I, I've already accepted that, and uh, the gas grill, if you cook on it four times or you cook on it five times, and you know how a gas grill works, I don't, this time, I don't think you need to have anything else. You can be there. You're not going to be there for hours on end uh, cooking a brisket on gas. Maybe, you know, very few people are. But normally, burgers, hot dogs, steaks, chickens, what are you there? 25, 30 minutes, even when it's cold like it is up here in Cleveland, Michigan, Utah, even Texas for crying out loud, um, you can you can go in and out and in and out and monitor. So in this instance, I, I do believe that there is a dolting for something that there doesn't need to be done. Look, I'm as unhandy as it comes. Thank the Lord and baby Jesus Christ that the car doors lock and that it tells me the tire on the back left is low and that I'm going to run out of gas because I won't pay any attention to that and I'll be stuck on the road, broke down, crying, waiting for John to come and save me. But in this instance, if I can do it, everybody else can do it. It's not hard. It only takes a few times to get up and be proficient at it. And then, of course, as I told Derek, I mean, really, I believe this is the stage in my life where I'm get off the lawn guy now all of a sudden. I have to accept it. People that are 20 years old that are somehow inspired by what? I have no idea. In live fire barbecue and grilling. They don't, they want to just be told how to do it. 
They are raised in a society where they can just have it. There needs to be no work put in or the work that they're putting in is unveiling an end product that they really don't have any control over because something is guiding them along the way. And I think, you know, that's the, the, the part that kills me the most is because I have a passion for this particular niche or this particular industry or subculture. I want the other people to have the same romance that I find with it. And that's the learning of the cooker and learning how the meat cooks and being able to see by look and by feel. Certainly, I'm going to use a thermometer to make sure that everything is safe and that we've reached target temperatures and all of this stuff. But there is a romance that you're missing out on when everything is being done for you. And I think that's the part that breaks my heart the most. Anyway, with the time we have left, Rusty was talking to us in the chat one day and casually mentioned how some group of people in New Orleans removed his face for him as he was making his way back home or wherever he was doing. So this uh, somehow got left off of the origin story, but I mean, this is a, a story that needs to be shared. So Rusty, if it's not too painful uh, and you don't mind sharing what happened in New Orleans, by the way, uh, I've never been to New Orleans. I plan to never go to New Orleans other than if it's like connecting through to a flight and I can go to the one bartender guy that I want to go to to have an old fashioned made for me, which I'll sip, spit out and leave. But I just want him to make one and hear the story and, and hear his talk and all that stuff outside of that. What happened in New Orleans, Rusty? Yo, so, yeah, I was working down there. I was working on the Quarter Two Sisters in, in the in the quarter. And it was the day before Mardi Gras. But in, if you don't, if you've never been to New Orleans, Mardi Gras is not a day; it's an entire month. Yeah. So you kind of like celebrate it every day. And Mardi Gras is for the tourists. So, but I, you know, I wanted to go out the next day, and I had to work on Mardi Gras, and so I wanted to get out. You know, I had to work all day, and then I wanted to go out and hang out. My friend, my roommates talked me into going down to the quarter, and he's a photographer, and he takes photos and sells them to people. That's how he was making his money. So I'm like, fine, I'll go. And so we drove down. I drove down with him. <clears throat> He's just killing it. I'm like, dude, I'm going to go home. And now he can't take me home. So I'm like, I'll hop in the bus. I do it every day. So my, my normal routine home. Now I'm under the influence of several things. I have to say that. And <clears throat> I live way up on Chapatula Street by Autobahn Park. If you've ever been in New Orleans, it's way up there. So you, uh, <laughs> nice job. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i live way up there so the bus stops because of the parades on cleveland street and that's a still ways i'm only halfway so i'm getting out i'm walking down magazine street i'm feeling good man it's like i'm in new orleans you know and whatever i'm, I'm just loving life and in new orleans you have to understand something it's like you don't go to south central la you know and just stay away from south central la it's in new orleans it's block by block you go to trent reznor's mansion and then the place behind it is a place you shouldn't be it's that simple so I go to a certain street, you cut down, it's safe, right? You know not to cut down streets. Now, again, I'm on a few things, you know, keeping me like loose. So I'm like, I'm going to cut down. Not a big deal. I cut down, cut in. There's all these parties. I'm waving, you know, people screaming at me, whatever. And so I cut down this quiet street. I look down the street and I see the wind Dixie was his catty corner from my house. So I'm thinking, all right. So I hear this pitter patter, like people running and I turn my head and I get whopped on the chin 
and everything goes white. And I'm talking like sheer white. And it kind of fades back in. And I see what's happening. I'm standing up. I'm being beat by guys. At least two, two of them have baseball bats. And the other guys are just wailing on me. I'm still standing. Wow. But I'm in shock. And I can't feel it. You know, I'm getting hit, but it's not hurting. And so I, I'm thinking, okay, if you're getting attacked by the bear, a bear, play dead. So I literally drop to the ground, play dead. And I'm, I'm like trying to hold my breath, you know, and not act like I'm alive still. And they're hitting me. Cha, cha, cha. So there's at least six guys. Wow. I stand up. So they leave, right? They leave and I look and they can see them running. And there's funny enough, no joke, two cars right there because it was right by a stop sign. They take off. Probably saw the whole thing. And no cops called, nothing, whatever. So I stand up and I can't move my left arm at all. And look, and I look down, and my face is just blood dripping all down my chest, just streaming down. And I go to reach my jaw, and it's down where it shouldn't be. And they had broken my jaw completely, and it was hanging in my skin. And my arm is busted up, and my leg on my right kills. So I'm like freaking getting home, you know, like the walking, like a the Walking Dead, you know. I get into the house. Um, and I go to my roommate's home. Thank God he calls the ambulance. And since it's Mardi Gras, he has to actually argue with these people to come get me. And so I'm in the bathroom, taking off all my clothes and putting my clothes back on, taking rings off, putting rings back on. And I'm just completely in shock. I have no idea what's going on. Wow. So the scary part is actually my trip to the hospital is they come and pick me up in an ambulance. They put me down and the lady is looking at me and she, I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, he's bleeding too much. He's got too much damage to his head. He might not make it to the hospital. And I'm just dazed, but I'm hearing this and I'm thinking, I'm dead. I'm dying right now. This is it. And they're talking about how just an hour earlier, a block and a half away, a guy got hit by they assumed the same people, turns out it was, and he died on the scene. He got hit in the same place in the back of his head right here. And if oh. I wouldn't have turned, it would have been over for me because my brain would have swole and I would have died on the scene. And so, I get to the hospital and they sit me down and they go, can you walk? And I said, yes. And so they put me on a chair and I'm sitting on the chair with my limp arm, my jaw hanging off. It's not bleeding because they've done it. They don't have anything for me as far as pain. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) They don't have anything for me for pain medication. Nothing. So I'm just sitting here just like roughing it out. And then they wire my jaw up for uh, 12 weeks. I can't eat or chew. Wow. Obviously. But if you want to know anything, anything tastes like blended, man, I can hook you up. I know exactly. I've dude, I've done it all. Burgers, pizza, everything blended. So I had to move home, and uh, I never went back to New Orleans. Haven't been back since. Not that I don't want to. It's a lovely place. But if you're going to New Orleans, you need to watch where you're going constantly. Don't think it's cool to just go down that street, even though you live just a few blocks down. So yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Anyway. Funny, not this is not a funny story. I hate it. I'm sorry I said that. These, this group of kids that were literally 17, 18 years old killed two people and beat three pe- more people up that same night. Three so, more on crazy. top of you? Yeah. Wow. Two died and uh, I, I survived. I was one of the other ones that survived. Oh, wait. So when yeah. you turn around because you hear them coming up behind you, do you see them hit you or do you just see the white? I don't see anything. I feel it, and I just see the white. Was it? So I, I turned just enough. Was it pain? just like a little, like immediate pain? Yes, and then it was gone. Yeah. 
So it was weird. It was the weirdest th- feeling to be, I mean, like laying on the ground, I'm seeing it happen and I'm feeling the pressure, but it's not hurting me. Yeah. So super weird how your body will protect you like that, you know, super strange. <laughs> so what, yeah, what was I was the in complete day like absolutely horrendous. My, it was funny enough because I had friends from Utah there and they drove me back in the back of their Kia something with all their stuff in it. So I have these pain pills. My, my face, by the way, is literally five times the size that it normally, I have a big ass head, dude. So you can imagine that how big my face looked. So I'm sitting there. I'm just, I can't move. It's riggedy. I have to drive back from new Orleans to Utah the next day to get home to basically live again, live there because I can't stay. Cause I'm, you know, you can't, I'm working in a restaurant, you know, I'm a server I can't, and a bartender. I can't talk to people. So I had to go back and that was, that was hard. That was, the, that was really rough. And it was very painful, crazy, crazy, painful trip. Over the next few weeks, as you start to recover, do you find yourself looking over your shoulder when you go out? Like, was there any PTSD and like fear just being out? Oh, it was so bad. Um, I couldn't walk at all anywhere. I'd have to have my sister come with me or someone. And even then I didn't feel comfortable, man. That went on for five years oh. and it was sad because I had to move to Salt Lake and I, I moved pretty quickly to downtown Salt Lake and I, I worked without, I didn't have a car. So I'd walked everywhere and it was, it was like, you know, when you were a kid and you won't go down the basement to turn the light off and you run up the stairs, that feeling you have, that's the feeling I had everywhere I went. And any noise that would happen, I was just jumping. And I'm, I'm not like that anymore, but it, it was about five or six years before I finally was able to do it without getting freaked out literally over every little thing. Are you professionally working with somebody to help you get over that or you just work through it? I just worked through it. You know, there was, this is in the early 2000s. You know, I don't think that whole thing was kind of a thing yet <laughs> as far as that goes. So I, I never heard of anyone doing that. So I, I didn't do it. But uh, it was nice, you know, it was, it was, I, I lost a whole lot of weight and, you know, there was, but there was positives from it. It, it sounds funny, but I had a, <clears throat> I had a really bad bout of depression and it was not a suicidal situation, but I was in a really bad place. And that's what made me move to New Orleans in the first place. And that happening, I haven't experienced that since. And that's been 20 years now. And I, and it, it was almost like they hit me and it just knocked all that out of me. And now I don't have that, you know, issue anymore. I don't feel depressed. I don't feel that insecurity stuff anymore. Really, that was a really strange side effect. Also, I'm not able to eat, like, I'm really sensitive to seize, uh, spice, like hot things, like hot wings, which wasn't the case before. Incredible story being shared by Rusty Monson, our Utah embedded correspondent. Uh, John or, or Doug, any reaction to Rusty's run-in in New Orleans? I mean, Doug, you were just in New Orleans you know, a month ago or whatever. And uh, I mean, certainly this isn't something that you, you think is probably going to happen to you, but I mean, you always have to be aware in a new city, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We went for a week over, uh, over New Year's. And so um, we don't generally hang out real late at night anyway. Uh, just, just from a safety standpoint, do we go to only places that are, that are real close or with, with people and stuff. Bourbon Street. I don't really hang out on Bourbon Street just because the, a lot of nefarious stuff goes on there. So that's just not my place. So not anymore. John, your thoughts on Rusty's story? Uh, well, I spend a lot of time. My son lives in New Orleans, and I visit him as much as I can. Uh, long weekends, you know, three or four days. Obviously, not recently. Um, 
But yeah, he's hyper aware of what Rusty's saying. And when we are out navigating, you know, like we'll head over to, we stay off of Bourbon and we go to Frenchman, but we always, we have a route, we got a plan and we don't deviate from it. <laughs> uh, and it's just like Rusty said, he knows his way around there. Um, I was, we were walking down the road one day, we're stepping over this guy who was just beat up middle of the day, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. And my kid looks at me and goes, just keep going. <laughs> It just says, don't don't stop keep going you know there's there's people around so it's like it is a different kind of vibe it's it's not my favorite town but my kid lives there so I'm going back the fourth Tuesday of the month brings a visit from the embedded correspondents and directly below me is the longest running embedded correspondent Doug Shiding from Texas uh, and uh, more or less no worse for the wear from the uh, winter smackdown that was delivered to Texas. Uh, to the right of yeah. me, as you look, is John Solberg from Michigan and uh, Rusty Monson from Utah. Caddy Corner over to me and the pitmaster of Salt City Barbecue. Uh, Doug, anything to promote on the way out? Uh, I'll be on an upcoming episode of Baseball and Barbecue, inter- uh, inter- helping interview James Grubbs that was on the uh, Great American Barbecue Showdown of Netflix, which, right. by the way, I have joined the Netflix community, and I have actually started watching Netflix. Thank you very much. All right. And I started in, I started in Noah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'll be on an upcoming episode of that. John, promoting anything tonight before we leave? Catch me this Friday introducing the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. 165 is up featuring Jason Baker. Just a coincidence there. And Rusty, promotion before we leave this evening. I'm the co-host of the Pitmasters podcast. You can listen to that anywhere you download the podcasts that you listen to. We're going to have Matt Overson of SEA fame and on there this week. And Salt City Barbecue is my handle on the Instagrams and the Facebook. So check it out. There they are, the Embedded Correspondents for Tuesday of every month in the second hour. You find them right here. As always, gentlemen, appreciate the time and the insight, of course. And we will see them in March as we close out Q1. A lot of people weighing in here this evening as they were listening to Rusty's story. Kyle Covington, crazy story, Rusty. Indeed. I mean, I couldn't imagine. I've never been in one fight in my life. As soon as I feel like something's about to go down, I run. I am really fast. Even at 46, I could probably outrun most people, like sprint-wise. And I'm good for distance, too, now that I've been running over the last couple of years. So if it's got to go down, then I'm, I'm ready. Oh, okay, Full. Mr. Rejoin. I'm ready to run. Not here to fight. I mean, if I have to. But wow, what a story. Appreciate Rusty sharing that. And we'll look for those guys next month. Before we get ready to go, let me talk to you about... Oh, let me see here. How do I want to do this? All right. Well, uh, stick around as we wrap up the show. I'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. 
Hey, uh, this portion being brought to you by Vortic Watch Company, a small batch custom watch manufacturing and vintage restoration company located in northern Colorado. They take antique American pocket watches, turn them into wristwatches. Like this one. Yes. Yes. That's right. The Illinois Sterling. This is uh, one of their artisan watches, as they call it. Their mission, preserve and enhance the legacy of manufacturing in America. In order to do that, they combine traditional and cutting-edge technology to create unique, quality, functional timepieces with exceptional value. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortic makes is a unique, one-of-a-kind timepiece. Vortic founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, it was built, and you can check them out at VorticWatches.com. That's V-O-R-T-I-C, Vortic. Watches.com. All right, go ahead and wrap it up all the way back in the first hour. Jeff Krentzman, join me from the Barbecue Cleaner. If you like cleaning grills, if you want to charge 250 to 300 bucks a grill and you want to clean eight or nine a day, that's going to be a long day. But you have the opportunity, and it's not a franchise, kind of a, a, a license, or I forget what Jeff uh, also called it, but... A business opportunity is what he said. So you can pay the fee after the consult. Figure out Jeff drives out to you or flies out to you, and you start setting it up from there. And then watch the leads grow. Many of his operators are out weeks and weeks. Maybe you're going to be hiring more people. Who knows? We'll see. And again, if you go into it, please get in contact with me so we can track you right from Jump Street. I would love to do that. After Jeff, we talked with Derek Riches, the regular fourth Tuesday of the month guest. We talked about his experience with Texas not being able to handle or being set up to handle snow and cold weather. We also talked about Weber Connect Grills and his thoughts on that. And then the second hour was the Embedded Correspondence, where we covered a number of live fire topics. And also, Rusty told us where somebody kicked the crap out of him. Actually, a group of punks ne'er-do-wells and malfeasance got the better of him, got the drop on him with a number of bats. And thank God he survived. And there he is. Big show planned for you next Tuesday. We're starting a new month, so Sam the Cooking Guy is going to be in. Malcolm Reed is going to be in. Max Good is going to be in from AmazingRibs.com and break down the Spark Grill and his assessment of such amongst other topics. September 11th 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host of Proudest American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.